may be seated on. Well, that, that ought to be our prayer, shouldn't it? We want God to, to move in. You know, the, the kind of neat thing about this is God wants to move in. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't have to fight the Lord when it comes to this area of, of him wanting to be a part of our lives. He, he wants to be a part of our lives, and he desires that. He, he, well, he wants to make a difference in our life. I'm glad if that's the case at all. You ever uh, been confused? As I look out here this morning, I, I can see, yes, that's got to be your answer. You, you've been, you, in fact, I've not only been confused, I am confused. And that may be where you are right now, a little bit confused and about life. Uh, we're living in a very difficult world, a very confusing world. Uh, it doesn't seem to be getting much better when it comes to that situation. Uh, just we're in an interesting atmosphere in our country today. Uh, one of the things that's, that saddens me about our country is we're, we're, we're becoming more and more secular. I mean, you know, it's uh, we're, we're wanting to be politically correct uh, rather than being biblically correct. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think God wants us to be biblically correct. And so I just encourage you this morning. You may have come here and maybe you're a little bit distressed. You know, maybe some things in your life are not working out the way that you kind of thought they would work out. You know, God has a way of kind of surprising us from time to time. And so you've come here this morning, and uh, uh, you may have wondered why you've come here this morning, you know. I always tell people when it comes to meeting with God, uh, I believe that there's no accidents. I believe God has us where he wants us. I, I firmly believe that God's in control. I just do. I just think he's in control of all situations. And uh, now I have to admit to you that sometimes I'm kind of wondering what he's doing. But you know what I found out? He doesn't seem to check with me a lot. How about y'all? I don't get many phone calls from Jesus. And yet he left me a book here that pretty much tells me the things he's going to do. And uh, there's a real familiar scripture uh, in the book of Chronicles, I think we'll be putting it on the screen, uh, to be able to help us to understand. Uh, that's a very, uh, if you've been in church very much at all, you've, you've actually seen this scripture. Uh, probably more than one time, but uh, the scripture kind of the, the thing that's kind of interesting about this particular scripture is about three thousand years old. It, well, this is not something that's happened yesterday, and yet the message is for today. Uh, Solomon, who was uh, known as a pretty smart guy, uh, didn't know what to do. That kind of brings joy to my heart. I like for smart people not to know what not, not to know what to do, you know. Uh, and if you kind of had to think, you know, I don't really know what to do. And his guy was known for how smart he was, but he didn't know what to do. He didn't have the answer. And sometimes, I don't care how smart you are, you don't come a time in your life, you don't know what to do. I mean, you're, you're just kind of befuddled, if you will. Befuddled is the Greek word for I don't know what to do. Anyway, and so God in his word, that's why we so challenge you to get in the word of God because God's word will make a difference in your life. It will change your life. You know, if you get a hold of it. He, here in this particular scripture is the solution. You may have come here this morning and maybe there's some difficulty in your personal life that you need some healing, you know. Uh, you, you've come to a place in your life that you've heard people say this, well, you just got to live with it. Aren't you tired of that kind of stuff? Just live with the problems that you've got. You know, just, just get over it, if you will. Well, sometimes we can't do that and that's why God gives us his word. He, he kind of, now, what's important, this is a promise that God has left for us, but every promise there's conditions or premise if you will and he says if my people which are called by my name it's kind of a, a kind of a conditional thing here this morning if you don't really know the Lord as your personal savior probably some of the stuff I'm going to say today is going to sound kind of religious to you kind of religious talk type thing 
uh, and I don't desire to do that. I want to go beyond that. But this thing of being a believer is not, it's something that is a personal relationship that if you have not got that, you need to make sure you take care of that before this day is over. But there's some things he tells us to do. He tells us, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then we'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. In that scripture, there's four things that, that there are prerequisites that God says, if you'll do that, God will heal your land. God will heal your marriage. God will heal your life, your person. Whatever's going on, God will take care of that if you'll meet these particular prerequisites, there are conditions we find in the Word of God. One of the first things he says uh, dealing with that scripture, he talks about this area of humility. Uh, if we're going to straighten out, <laughs> if we're going to be what God would have us to be, we need to confess with humility. Well, what gets us in trouble, guys, is we get messed up and we don't want to admit it. You ever been there? You messed up, you know you messed up, and you don't want to admit it. Well, that's the thing we have to. We've got to admit, confess with humility. I ask God, say, God, I blew it. I've sinned. I've messed up. You know, that's very freeing, isn't it? To be able to admit that, you know? Don't you, don't you have a hard time being perfect? Anybody perfect here? Okay, at least you're not liars. And you don't want to raise your hand. Well, nobody's perfect. No, in fact, the Bible says, no, not one. No one. We're, we're all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so it's a wonderful thing to get to a place to be able to admit. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've, I've known that scripture all my, my spiritual life, and I still love that scripture. I like the cleansing part. I don't want to try to live with the mess my life sometimes becomes. And so you need to confess, if you're going to get some healing, if this country is going to get some healing, we have to confess with humility. God, we've messed up, man. You know, the, our money still says in God we trust, you know. We, we have the semblance, the appearance that we are a godly country, you know, and I, and I know that we're becoming a godless country and all, but we are still a God-blessed country, so we're glad about that. Confess with humility. That's step number one. You got that written down? Confess with humility. Step two, he talks about this thing uh, that we need to also pray. We need to pray with tenacity. You, we, we need to be forceful in our prayers. You've got to get beyond. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You ever prayed that prayer? Pretty cool prayer, but you got to get a little further than that. You got to get a little further than the form. You know, my dad used to pray. My dad used to pray this way: God is good, God is great, and we thank Him for our food. That's the blessing on the food. <laughs> now you know my two prayers in my whole life. My, my two prayers. But you've got to get beyond that. You've got to understand that God wants us to pray with tenacity. He wants to be persistent. He wants us to work at this thing. He doesn't want us to give up. We pray one time. God didn't answer my prayer. I guess God doesn't answer prayer. No. God's not a vending machine. He's not some kind of genie. You rub him and there's your prayer answered. The reason that your prayers are not being answered, are you ready for this? You're going to love this one. The reason your prayers are not being answered, God is testing you. This is a test. You know what I found out? When God is testing, God is silent. Have you noticed that? Have you ever been to a, a classroom and, they, and they're getting ready to give a test, the teacher gives a test? Even the teacher is silent when the test is going on. You might wonder, why is God not speaking to me? Because he's testing you. He's not silent because he doesn't know what to say. 
He's testing you. He's allowing you to think about what's going on. He's giving you the opportunity to kind of process. You know, we don't do much processing, do we? We don't do a lot of that today. We don't want to look inward. We'd rather look at you. We don't want to look inward. And when you process what that means, you've got to look inward. And that's what he's wanting us to do. He wants us to be tenacious with this thing. He wants us to take the time and really search out our hearts. Because God, here's the cool thing, guys. God wants to heal America. Come on. God wants to do that. So, oh, boy, God wants to beat us up. No, he doesn't. God wants to heal America. Well, what is America's problem? We're the problem. We, my people. It's easy to blame everybody but us. But see, these folks that you're so concerned about, they don't have the solution. Man, I mean, it's just they just don't because the solution is right here. It's 3,000 years old, if my people. So we need to confess with humility. We need to pray with tenacity. Uh, he goes on, talks about that. He says, and then we need to seek him. Seek him. We need, we need to seek God with intensity. In other words, you can't do that just in your spare moment. It's, it's something you have to really work at. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We need to get serious about this stuff. There's three questions I want to give you real quick. Are you serious in your pursuit of the Lord? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think about that. You know, you can, you, you, people can say whatever they want they say, but, you know, I may not understand what you say, but I, I won't misunderstand what you do. I may not be able to pick up your speech and your ability, but what you do, what you do speaks so loud that I can't hear what you're saying. So are you going to be intense about this thing of seeking the Lord? Uh, you, know, just, uh, you know, just pursue him. You know, it's you that, well, one of the things that, uh, there's several young people here, but one of the neat things is when you, when you have someone that's really pursuing you, that someone that really likes you, that someone wants to, you know, they laugh at your jo jokes. And they think your idiosyncrasies are funny. Now, they do that until after you're married, and then they're not funny. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's only funny why at the first, you know, when they're kind of messed up. And so, uh, uh, so I think it's important that we, we get intense about this thing. And, and you know, I, my question to you this morning is, are you really intense when it uh, comes to the, the things of God? And is, are you really intense when it comes to this thing of, of reaching the Lord? And, and you really, uh, one of the songs is, you know, Holy Spirit, you're free to be here. Is he? Is he really free to be here? I wonder. I wonder about that. Now, do you know what God wants for you more than anything else? We, we, we think, well, what God wants for me, God wants me to have fun, fun. He wants me to, God, I've heard this, uh, you know, I'm an old guy, and so I've counseled a lot of people. I, I don't know how many times I've heard people come in, oh, God wants me to be happy. I'm going, really? I don't see that in here, but I do see holy. You know, God wants me to be, you know, God, you know, you know what God wants from you? God wants you to get to know him. That's what God wants. God wants you to get to know who he is. God wants you to get to know him. Uh, God wants you to, to you know, to uh, understand what he's like. God does not want to be a mystery. God doesn't desire, oh, I wonder what God's like. Or, I wonder what God thinks. 
This book tells you what he's like and what he thinks. And so God wants you to seek after him. You know, a lot of times folks are seeking all kinds of stuff and pleasure and wealth and all that kind of stuff. They don't figure out where really God wants for them. In fact, Psalms 14.2 says this, this cool scripture. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men. That's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? You know God can see in the dark? That's a bummer, isn't it? The Bible says God sees. Here's what he sees. To see if there were any that did understand and seek God. You know what the Bible's saying? Here's my version. God looking down and saying, does anybody get it? That's what he's saying. Do you get why you're here? Do you get it? Do you understand why you're here? You, under, you know the problem most of us when it comes to intensity? We want, we want a slice of God. We don't want the whole pie. We want enough of God to bug us, not bless us. It just, you know, we, we just want to, we want God light. 2% God. Just enough God to, yeah, we know God. You know, here's what I want to tell you. God's not going to put up that kind of stuff. He, he wants you to seek him with intensity. And how do you do that? Let me give you a couple of things. Number one, I need to make him my first priority in my life. Are you with me? Before you get up out of bed in the morning, you roll out of bed, and whatever you do when you get out of bed, whatever routine that you do, you know, and, and uh, you know, the, what if you eat breakfast, or what do you do, or, or, or you turn on the TV, or all that. What I'm saying, before you listen to anybody else, listen to God. You need to get it out of bed, and before you, your feet hit the floor, say, God, I want to know you a little bit better today. What about that? I want to know God a little bit better than I did yesterday. I want to listen to what God has to say. You know, the Bible says in uh, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. You know what he's talking about? Stuff. All that stuff that we like. You know, and I, we, you know he knows we, we need and like that stuff, you know, uh, the, the, the money, the passion, the possessions, the position, the pleasure, uh, sta- all that kind of stuff. Uh, he, he understands that we need and like that stuff. And God, you know, you know, God, you know God, we've been blessed. We have three children, and it's a blessing to be a blessing to them. And, you know, and I'm just kind of a human dude and all, and if I wasn't human, what would I be? That's kind of a dumb statement. But, I, you know, but if, if, I, if I want to do good for my kids, and I really do, I love giving to my kids, and I, I enjoy being able to do that. You know, you think about my father in heaven. You think about what he likes to do for me. I can see him up there in heaven and say, hey, Bill, how about this? Why are you doing that, God? Because I love you. I love you. I care for you. And so we, we need to make him our first priority in our life. He needs to be number one. The second thing, if we're going to certainly seek him with intensity, I need to make him my daily passion. Uh, in your Bibles, if you want to turn, you can. You can read it later. But in, in Deuteronomy 4, uh, we see the Scripture kind of gives us some background in the area of him being our daily passion. It says in verse 29, but if, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord... By God, thou shalt find him. So if, if you seek him, here's a cool thing. God's not playing hide and seek. You almost got me. Can't you? That'd be, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? Uh, you're almost there. No, God wants you to find him. But here's a condition that when it comes to seeking God and, and certainly him being your daily passion. If thou seek him with all thine heart 
and with all thy soul. You need to seek God with all your heart and all your soul. A lot of stuff going on in our world, but the thing that needs to be a passion and a priority in your life is getting to know God. It's, it's you know, here's, a, here's this kind of a bummer. People call themselves believers, but they don't know God. What do they know? Well, they know the rules and regulations. Well, they, they know they know those things, but they don't really know God. And so I, I encourage you, you need to seek him. Now, do you realize six months of 2016 is over? Do you know that? I'm sure that many of you, when 2016 began in January, you had New Year's resolutions. How many was going to lose weight? Okay. I plan on losing weight. I'm going to lose 10 pounds, and I've gained 10, so it's pretty cool. So I'm changing my resolutions to I'm trying to gain more weight in the next half, next, last half year. I'm trying to gain 15 pounds this next half year. I think I can make my goal. I'm confident I can do that. Now, some of you sitting there, now that's the kind of goal I can make type thing. But, you know, it, it, I mentioned that to say this. You know, the problem is we, we get really motivated in January of whatever the year is, and, boy, we're, we're going to you know, do this and this and this, and all of a sudden we go into a week or two, three weeks, and we don't get it done, so we get discouraged and we quit doing it, and we just say, well, I'll start again in January of 2017. What about the six months that's left? What about that? Hey, let me go a step further. You may not have 2017. Well, the Bible says our life's like a vapor appeared for a little while and vanished away. Uh, who, 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 you know. <laughs> I almost said, look at all the women drivers, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. That would sound so bad, and I don't do stuff like that. But you get on the road, you can get, I mean, you know, two kinds of folks on the road, quick and the dead. And so you need to be careful about that. So we, we need to understand that God needs to be our path. But here, here, if you got that scripture, here, here's the reason that we need to know God better because verse, uh, verse 30 says this of Deuteronomy 4, when thou art in tribulation. Is anybody here stressed out? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. When you're stressed out, and most of the country is stressed out, and what he says, it goes on, and all these things are come upon thee, all that stuff's happened to everybody else, is happening to you, and he goes on, even in the latter days, if thou turn the Lord thy God and shall be obedient to his voice. Here it is, guys. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. Isn't that cool? I, I am thankful for God's mercy. How about y'all? Amen. Give me an old me or whatever. Yeah, cool stuff. God is merciful. I'm grateful for that. I, I, I'm grateful and thankful for God's mercy. So we're trying to get healing for our country. We're trying to get healing for our marriages. Trying to get healing for our churches. Trying to get healing for our personal life. And to do that, there is conditional. We need to confess with humility, pray with tenacity, seek God with intensity. Are you ready? Are we, we're just about done. And turn from your wicked way. Be nice to leave that one out, wouldn't it? But if we must repent with sincerity. We want healing in our marriages and our families and our homes. And what repentance means, it doesn't mean to call yourself names. I'm a bad person. I am this. I am that. You know, it's, it's not to, you know, you know, sometimes folks think repentance is I feel so bad. It's like when they leave church, they think the goal, my goal in church is to make you feel as guilty as possible. Well, it's kind of a goal. But, you know, we, we kind of think that, you know, if I walk out of church and, man, I feel so bad and I feel so depressed and I am so messed up, wasn't church fun today? Man, church was a big, we had a good time today, didn't we? You know, 
That, that's not what repentance is. Repentance is not, you know, repentance is not doing yourself in. Repentance is changing your mind about life. Changing your mind about you. Changing your mind about the future. Changing your mind when it comes to the people that attack us and our enemies. Uh, changing your mind about heaven. Uh, this is what repentance is. Repentance is a, is a paradigm shift. It's, it's, it's changing. This is what I thought about this, and this is what I think about this now. And the reason that's the case is because God's word has come into my heart and has made a difference. You know why people don't change? Willpower is not enough. You need God power. You've got to have God power if you're going to get the change going on. You may be sitting here this morning and, you know, the Bible's talking about that you've got to turn from your wicked ways and it'd be easy for you to sit there this morning and say, well, I don't have any wicked ways. I'm not a wicked person. I'm a good person. I'm a nice person. Well, <clears throat> I appreciate that saying, but the reality, when you read the Scripture, the Bible's real clear, particularly in Romans 7, that we're dealing with some real problems in our life. Uh, you know, I've uh, had the privilege of being speaking for a long time, been in the ministry a lot of years. And, uh, you know, I find that I have to deal with this wicked ways in my own life. You know, sometimes I don't want to talk to you all. I don't want to counsel you. I don't want to hear about your problems and your difficulties. I don't want to answer the phone. I don't even want to help, I don't even want to help my wife. That's really bad, isn't it? I just want to have a pity party and invite myself to it. Y'all ever done that? You ever felt sorry for yourself? Oh, you know, it happens. And the Bible says these, this, well, that does happen. You're dealing with wicked ways. It says, and the Bible goes, what I like about the Word of God, it kind of gives us some understanding of what these wicked ways are like. And, and, and it's such a surprise, isn't it, when you find yourself in that situation? It's always better if it's somebody else, but, you know, generally we find ourselves in the very same place. In 2 Timothy, it gives us 19 characteristics of the 21st century. These things are going on right now, and they're going on in our lives as well. 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, which means they don't have control of themselves, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Get this one. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, for such turn away. I mean, this is, when you read this, it's like reading the newspaper today and reading the things that are going on in our world today. We're, we're living in a very wicked world, and our land needs healing, and our, our lives need healing. And the good news, according to Acts 3.19, is that God will provide that. He said, repent ye thereof. He said, repent of what's going on in your life. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out. But get this, guys. It's cool. When the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Listen to me. We need some refreshing. This church needs refreshing. Your life needs refreshing. This nation needs refreshing. And what that means is revival. Revival is to bring back alive. Now, I don't know how much time we have left. Uh, we may not have the next six months. I don't know. Uh, 
the Bible is really clear that we need to, uh, the day you think not the Son of Man cometh. And so he's kind of he's encouraging us to live not in panic, but to live in preparation. Are you with me on that? I, I don't walk around and tell, oh, man, what's going to happen to me? But I think I ought to be prepared. I, I don't think I ought to be, things ought to be happening, and I ought to be saying, well, what, what's going on here? What's, what's happening? A lot of that happens in, with the, the world today and a lot of times with believers. I think God has left me here to prepare myself. If you're not prepared, that's a very, very dangerous thing. I don't think God left us here for the world to just come upon us and consume us. I believe that God left us here to make a difference. We are light in darkness. We are here as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. It's about time that we quit apologizing for who we are and start standing up for who we are, who we are and who we serve and let folks know that, that, sin, that God will make a difference in their life. I, the Bible says uh, in Isaiah, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. The song tells us, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. But what you need to understand, he is here. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the presence. So God is here this morning. And I encourage you, as he is, that you have an opportunity to actually to communicate with the Lord, and you have an opportunity to bring whatever these hurts and these, these pain and this disillusionment is. Uh, you have an opportunity to, as you look at the next six months of your life, rather than saying, I'm just going to do the best I can, you know, you can map this out, and God can do some powerful things in your life. I don't know about you. I want God to do some powerful things. But it won't happen just because we want it to. It's conditional. This book is a book of conditions. And I, I challenge you this, uh, this uh, morning, as you think back on, on that second Chronicles, if my people, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive your sins, and I'll heal your land. That's a promise. That's a promise. You know what the Lord is saying? Are you willing to live your life on that? This morning you have an opportunity to do some work with the Lord. You have an opportunity for God to, to work in your hearts and lives. I used to think through the years we would come to this invitation time, and it always kind of uh, saddened me when I know that folks need to make decisions, and they didn't. And then the Lord really dealt with me and said this, everybody that walks in the service makes the decision. There's no way you can get around it. Here's the promise. My word will not return void. It's right here. So this morning you have a choice. You can accept, you can reject. But you won't be neutral. So you're here if you're not, tr you're not sure about salvation. I invite you to come. Let's take the word of God show you how you can be saved. Maybe you're here and you need to surrender your life to the Lord. I'm speaking of direction. Or maybe you're here and you need to start serving the Lord. Whatever your need is this morning, aren't you glad that, my, that our God supplies our needs? Aren't you glad for that? I'm to wait on something. God can supply your needs this morning. Would you stand with me for prayer?